Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the night when our Lord Jesus was betrayed. When one of his closest friends, we must remember that, one of his dearest friends, Judas, handed him over. Why did he do it? How could he do it? Of course, we can't get into Judas's head. We're not able to give a, a, a final answer to why it was that he did it. But there is one long-standing answer in the history of the church that is suggested by these two words which show up in tonight's gospel. Those words are, at once. At once. It says, Judas came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. At once. What does that have to do with why Judas might have handed over our Lord? Well, we understand that Judas was, of course, a, a first-century Jew who shared the expectations of other first-century Jews who were looking forward to and anticipating the coming of the Messiah and the kingdom of God. And when they thought about that hope and that expectation, what did it look like? Well, to a person, what they were expecting, what they were looking forward to, is that when the Messiah came, he would establish and restore the kingdom of Israel on earth that that would be the case, that he would drive out the Romans. That was going to be job number one on the to-do list for the Messiah when he came. Everybody understood that that was going to be the case. And so they knew not only what the Messiah would do, and they thought they knew it, but also when and how he would do it, which is to say, quickly, immediately, post-haste. As Jewish people, you read the Old Testament scriptures, they had been waiting for hundreds of years for the Messiah to come to bring them that deliverance that they so fervently longed for. And so it almost went without saying that, yes, when the Messiah comes, he's not going to twiddle his thumbs. He's not going to waste any time. He's going to get right down to business, drive out the Romans, restore the kingdom of Israel to its rightful heirs. It went without saying for any faithful, pious Jew of the day. Which brings us back then to the reason that's commonly been given throughout history of why Judas then, would hand over our Lord Jesus, hinted at by those words at once. It's perhaps because Judas didn't want to wait for Jesus to act, but instead wanted to force his hand. And so he betrays him at once, which is to say, he's impatient. He can't wait any longer for this kingdom to come. Impatience. Now, whether or not that's ultimately the reason why Judas did it, I think it is a, a suggestive thought for each of us when we come before the Lord on this night in which he was betrayed. Because when we think about impatience, impatience hardly seems like one of the worst vices that are out there. When you talk about the whole pantheon of sins, impatience isn't even up there, right? That's not one of the top ones. I mean, if you, you go into the, you know, the seven deadly sins, impatience, that's not so bad as wrath or lust or even gluttony, perhaps. Impatience, yeah, that's not so great. It's something you want to work on, but it's more, it's a little thing. It's like chewing on your nails or something like that. Impatience, not that big of a deal. But you know, there's a theologian, a guy by the name of Hans Urs von Balthasar. There's a name. If you're a theologian, you just have to have a name like that, right? He suggests that at the root of all sin, of all sin, is just this, impatience. And why would he say that? 
He goes on to say and explain, because impatience is fundamentally about me trying to get out of God's time and to realize my will in my time. It's a way of us praying, God, not thy will be done, but my will be done when I want it to happen. Impatience as the root of sin. You can take that, you can leave it, but it's an unsettling thought, isn't it? It's an unsettling thought because you think if Judas's betrayal was simply motivated by extreme malice or just by a, a heart of treason, then you and I, we could get away with thinking that Judas, he was a really bad dude. He should be, like Dante said, down in the last circle of hell. I'm so glad I'm not a chief of sinners like that guy. And yet, what were the disciples saying around the table when Jesus said that one of them would betray him? What did our choir so movingly sing for us just a moment ago? Is it I, Lord? Is it I? Because of this betrayal could be rooted in such a, a humdrum sin as impatience. Well, it could have been any of us. And indeed, it is all of us. Whenever we choose a, a kind of convenient treason, rather than the patient trust of waiting on the Lord and submitting to the will of our Savior. But you notice that this, this is just the choice that Jesus does not make. Which is to say, when he is faced with a fearsome future, knowing what awaits him, Jesus doesn't grasp at that kingdom and say, you know what, I'm going to take the shortcut here. But instead, what does he do? He patiently submits himself to the Father's will and cries out, lays himself before God the Father and says, not my will, but thy will be done. And when Peter, note well, when Peter, in his impatience, says, you know what? We got to take care of these guys right now. Pulls out his sword and cuts off the ear of one of those who are coming to take Jesus away. Did you catch Jesus' response? He says, Peter, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus lives on the Father's timeline. And in his patience is your salvation and mine. In his patience is our salvation. St. Paul recognized this. The artist formerly known as Saul. <laughs> Paul slash Saul, as he looked back on his life, he knew that, that he was one of those zealous Jews who was trying to bring along the kingdom of God, to hurry the Lord up already and say, can't we get this show on the road? He'd been one of those guys. And in so doing, had utterly defaced the body of Christ. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Our Lord called out to him. And yet this chief of sinners recognizes that he was rescued by the Lord. He said, I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, 
Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience. His perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. In his patience is your salvation and mine. It includes us. And thank God it does. Because all too often we are perfectly impatient. We are like stubborn little children. Isn't this the story throughout the scriptures? You see the Israelites as they're wandering through the wilderness. Are we there yet? Why didn't you leave us back in slavery? So impatient. And it continues still to this day as we succumb to our sinful nature and that sense of wanting it my way right away, as if all of life is a giant Burger King. The way we too often live. But that perfect patience is for you and me too. For all of that impertinence and impatience, Christ Jesus bears with you and me as our long-suffering Savior. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, ever patient and lowly. I don't know about you, but it's one of the prayers I so often lift up to the Lord. Help me to be patient. We are impatient people. But when you feel that sense, that sense that you want to rush everything along, remember that as the scripture says, in his slowness, although it's not slow as, uh, as God regards slowness, but just as we regard slowness, in that slowness is your salvation. In our impatience, the patient Lord meets us and greets us with his grace. And not only that, but God, knowing that we are impatient kids who are screaming in the back seat saying, are we there yet? He does what parents have done through the ages. He gives us something to tide us over for a little while. He gives us the gift tonight of his very body and blood. In this supper, it is the food for pilgrims that as we are making our way and sojourning to the eternal kingdom of heaven, still he gives us this little foretaste and reminder that the day is coming soon when you and I will arrive at the promised land in full. Until then, he says, wait, wait. It's worth it. And meanwhile, call out to me. Cry to me. Bend my ear so often as you are in need. And know this. I will hear you and respond at once. Such is the patient love of our Lord. Amen. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ guard your hearts and minds. Amen. We stand for prayer.